Welcome back to the episode 30-ish of the 5th Down Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking about everything related to the fantasy football playoffs. Players that will help you get you there. Players that will help you if you make the fantasy playoffs. And one person on waivers that we think could help you win a fantasy football championship but is not owned in over 50% of leagues right now. So right now, again, we're in week 14 or week 13. And we are about to make a playoff push. We're right on the edge of the playoffs. So, Ben, who's one player that could help you this week specifically to get you there? Joe Mixon's going to get you to the playoffs. He's going to help you this week. He's playing the Jaguars, the team that has allowed the most running back receptions, the second most running back receiving yards to their opponents. And Joe Mixon... Listen, I get it. He's not your typical pass-catching back, but he does rank 11th, just outside the top 10 in receptions per game. And given the matchup, Mixon, he'll probably see some extra work. He'll probably finish in the top 10 for receiving work this week. But consider this. His targets per outrun increased from 15% with Joe Burrow to 19% with Jake Browning. And Browning is targeting him just as much as Joe Burrow was. And with this matchup, that should only skyrocket, tick up just a little bit more. I don't like predicting game script, but when you uh, take a look and see when the Bengals are trailing, uh, Mixon does do a little bit better. He grabbed two receptions for 44 yards last week when he was trailing. Uh, and I think that he is somebody who is going to be trailing this week against the Jaguars. Joe Mixon could have an RB1 type of week. Yeah, we've been banging the drum for Joe Mixon all season, whether on his highs or on his lows. I think you can't get enough Joe Mixon. He's someone that can help you this week and in the future. Someone in that same NFC, AFC North division, it's got to be Jalen Warren, is someone that I am completely in on right now, especially because he's been averaging 15 touches a game over his last four games, which is a lot for him. In the first game without Matt Canada, the Steelers had over 400 yards of offense. They never did that in 58 games with Matt Canada. This is a new offense. They know they have to get Jalen Warren involved, and he is seeing the volume. And now he has a matchup against the Cardinals, who have been the single worst team in the league against running backs over the last five weeks. They've been the second worst this season. Kyron Williams just dominated them. I think that Jalen Warren's a very similar running back, and I think that he also tears them to shreds this week. Where are we at when we consider that Najee Harris is out touching Jalen Warren pretty much everywhere and every time? It's not quite 50-50. It's like a 60-40. Uh, how, how does that divide make you feel about those two players? I think as long as they're giving touches to the running backs, I'm not that worried. I think that Jalen Warren is the 1A for fantasy production because he gets a little bit more receiving work. And he's a little bit more explosive regardless of the snaps. But again, 15 touches a game. That's what a lot of other running backs get. But these this team feeds their running backs more than anybody. I think they're going to lean on them down the stretch as they're trying to make a push right now. So I think that Jalen Warren is going to be a big beneficiary of that. Yeah, the Steelers love getting their hands in their running back, the ball in the hands of their running backs, just like the Indianapolis Colts like to get the ball into Michael Pittman's hands, especially now with Jonathan Taylor expected to miss the next couple weeks. I think Michael Pittman and Josh Downs, who we're, we're both going to talk about, are the two biggest beneficiaries of this. For Michael Pittman, he is seeing a 31.7% target share from Gardner Minshew. Uh, and to put that in perspective, that would rank fourth behind Keenan Allen, Tyree Kill, and Garrett Wilson, all seeing insane 32% or higher target shares. And Jonathan Taylor has scored 40% of the Colts touchdowns with Gardner Minshew at the helm. And sure, some of that production is going to go to Zach Moss, and I'm really excited about him as well. But Pittman this week, the reason we love Pittman and Downs, Pittman and Downs are 
uh, facing the Titans defense that is top 10 in wide receiver fantasy points allowed, top five in wide receiver receptions allowed. And Pittman is the number one in this offense. My uh, projections model has him projected for 11 targets this week. And you might be thinking, Ben, 11 targets is a lot for any wide receiver. But he's had more than 11 targets in three out of his last five games, despite not topping 16 fantasy points in any of those games. Michael Pittman is going to have a high target share, should see a lot of volume. He is a surefire wide receiver two this week. And if he finds the end zone, you're looking at a wide receiver one, his fourth of the year. Yeah, I mean, they were always passing more whenever Jonathan Taylor was missing time. He's going to miss the next two or three weeks. That's why I think that Josh Downs another big benefit. I mean, he had 13 targets last week and his first fully healthy game over the last five weeks. That's the biggest difference is that even as a rookie, before he got hurt against the Panthers and he wasn't dealing with an injury, he was a top 15 wide receiver over the previous five weeks. In the first fully healthy game, what did we see? We saw him go right back to 13 targets. They have a strong schedule coming up. They have a great matchup this week against the Titans. I think both these wide receivers are going to be really productive, and their offense is almost going to be like a pyramid between Zach Moss, Michael Pittman, and Josh Downs. It's going to be a three-way condensed offense that I think is going to work really well coming in the fantasy football playoffs. Alex, for the rest of the season, Josh Downs or Michael Pittman? Uh, I would say Michael Pittman just because he's got a higher target share, but I don't think Josh Downs is far behind, which says a lot. Yeah, I don't either. At the end of the show, we're going to be talking about our favorite waiver stashes who are owned in less than 50% of leagues. I was going to talk about Josh Downs as somebody that you should be adding, but I think that we agree he should already be owned. So if you don't have Josh Downs, go ahead and grab him. I think beyond that, if you were to go to somebody else beyond, you know, Michael Pittman, beyond someone like Joe Mixon, like who would be the next option for someone that can get us right over the hump? Because like right now I have like five or six different leagues where I'm like within one game of the playoffs in or out. This is going to be a massive decision this week for start sets. So where is someone else that like kind of calls your name is someone that just has to be in your lineup if you have on your team right now? Yeah, I want to say Raheem Mostert, and I want to instill some confidence. Obviously, if you've had Raheem Mostert, you've been firing him up week in and week out. But this week, the Dolphins playing the Commanders, we're going to see uh, Devon Achan back. And I think that's what your concern is, right? That they're going up against the worst passing offense or passing defense. And a running back that the entire fantasy football community is really excited for is playing. So I understand you might be hesitant. Is Mostert worth the start? And I say yes. I think they're both startable, both Mostert and Achan. But if I had to pick the two, obviously it depends if you need a home run. If you're looking for a home run, a guy who can put up one and a half points like he did two weeks ago or 40 points like he was doing earlier in the season, you're starting Devon Achan. But if you're cool with a 10 to 20 point finish, which why wouldn't you be? It's Devon Achan who has 80 yards in uh, 80 rushing yards in each of his last three games. He's got three touchdowns in that time frame and is a three point favorite or better. Mostert is averaging 14 half point fantasy points per game. And you don't take the type of production away from him that he's been giving you a chance or not. Mostert's got to be in your lineups. Yeah. I love both of those guys in the lineups. I think they can be similar to like a, speedier version of the Lions offense where two backs can be productive because I think they're both going to see double-digit touches a game. And I don't think there's really a true answer. I think they're pretty much both 1A and 1A at this point. I don't think there's a real edge. But I think that both those guys can be productive this week and beyond, especially in this offense with the speed that they possess. I don't think that people or fantasy managers should be wary of starting 
one or the other in the lineups if both of them are playing in the same game. Someone else that I'm going to be starting in a lot of lineups that's worrying people is DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this is the most perfect matchup you're going to get for him. He is a cover three dominator, which the Colts run at the highest rate in the entire league. He's in the top 5% of targets per route run. He's also against the Colts earlier this season. He had eight catches for 140 yards on 11 targets because of how great he is versus cover three. Cover three has also been one of Will Levis's better coverages so far. And yes, he is not totally someone that you can trust, but I think that this is one of the few matchups left this season that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a smash play and he should be definitely in your lineups if he's on your team. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the idea of starting some of these older guys as we move on to our fantasy championships. Get them one last fantasy football championship before they retire. You're probably not going to be drafting DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams uh, as high as you have been the last decade, right? Yeah, you're probably not going to be drafting them that high right next year. But I think this year is where they can be productive or at least for one more season like in the fantasy playoffs. Yes. Again, we mentioned, we talked about, alluded to, that they're about two or three weeks away, depending on the league size that you're in or the league format that you're in. And right now we're going to be talking about guys that are going to help come playoff time. That's week 15, 16, and 17, the last three weeks of fantasy football season. So who's someone that sticks out to you as someone that could be extra productive in those weeks specifically that can help lead you to a championship? Alex, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say Rashad White? Oh, it's got to be Rashad Caruso, the – Greatest fantasy call of all time. Top six running back in fantasy football right now. How could you not have him on this list? Yeah, the, the word that comes to my mind is league winner. Alex, you texted me earlier this week, and you said Rashad White is the RB6 in PPR. I said, yeah. Like, I think we were shocked um, that, you know, he's kind of having this great of a season. But we, you and I have both been talking about Rashad White since the offseason. So if you've been watching this show, you hopefully have Rashad White on one or more of your teams. I called Baker Mayfield the running back whisperer. I said that his running back has been an RB1 every single season. Even Cam Akers. 100 back-to-back -back yards per game with Baker Mayfield last season. He was the RB2 in games that they played together. Rashad White is no exception. He has had double-digit PPR fantasy points in six straight games, and in the fantasy football playoffs, he plays Green Bay, Jacksonville, and New Orleans. And we just talked about how juicy that Jacksonville defense is going to be for Joe Mixon and for running backs specifically. So that's one good matchup. Green Bay, another great matchup. They allow the ninth most fantasy points to running backs. And New Orleans, okay, that matchup is fine on paper. But keep in mind, White played the Saints earlier this season. He totaled just under 11 PPR fantasy points. And he's only gotten better since that game. I hope you've drafted Rashad White. He has been a difference maker. And he will continue to make a difference in the fantasy football playoffs. I mean, how can you got, get enough Rashad White? I'm all for it. He's matchup proof. When they're trailing, he's on the field. When they're up, he's on the field. The second highest snap share in the NFL for a running back this season. That's someone that you always want, regardless of the production, because they are always on the field. Someone's not always on the field, but is always productive. When on the field has to be Bijan Robinson, who we finally seen turn the corner to the tune of back-to-back -back games with over 22 touches back-to-back -back games over 18 points but i think that the grass is only going to get greener arthur smith knows that he is coaching for his job at this point and he's been talking about in his press conferences they're going to continue to get Bijan more work hence why we've seen these massive touch games the last two weeks but i think that 
we are going to continue to see an encore because he has the second best playoff schedule for any fantasy running backs. Each of the final three weeks, he plays a team that is in the top 10 of giving up the most points to running backs. You're not going to get that from all three weeks for running backs very often, especially if someone is Bijan that's only going to see more work and has been more productive as the season goes along. And I think that trend is going to continue with those great matchups. Alex, I, I have to ask, uh, you, you know, I have to ask, but I think I have a hot take and I'm curious what you think about this. My hot take is that everybody's like, and especially Arthur Smith, I don't care about fantasy football. As long as we're winning real games, that's all I care about. But fantasy football makes up so much of the media, right? If a player is doing well in fantasy football, the media talks about how great they're doing, whether or not they're doing good in real football games, right? Like as long as you're, you know, going 500, you have a guy like Bijan Robinson, you're winning games and starting Bijan Robinson. Everyone is going to praise Arthur Smith. And we know he doesn't care about your fantasy football teams. But do you think maybe he's changed his stance on that a little bit? I think he has to. I think there's been pressure from ownership or outside sources that he has to be giving Bijan work, especially because of how much criticism they've received. And then I think that they talked about the whole season. This is what the beat reporters have been saying for the last couple of weeks is all they've been saying is they expect Bijan to get more work in the second half of the season. This wasn't this like come to Jesus moment where all of a sudden he was like, oh, like, let's play Bijan. It's like this has been the plan the whole season, whether we liked it or not. We thought that, okay, eighth overall pick, he's going to get a lot of work really early. But all he said since the beginning of the season is he's going to see more and more work as the season goes along. Whatever happened in the first season, we can leave that in the past. The past is the past, but the present and the future is what we care about. And all we've heard is that Bijan's going to get more work. My hope is that Bijan returns on that ROI. You took him in the first round. Hopefully he gets you to the last game of the season, wins you a championship. Somebody who probably went undrafted in your fantasy football leagues, one quarterback leagues, CJ Stroud. And if you drafted him in a two quarterback league, you're probably really happy preparing yourself for that fantasy football championship run. CJ Stroud comes in, right? Uh, the Texans preseason win total was five and a half games. They're six and five. They're already over five and a half. They got six games to go. There is a chance, a very small chance, that the Texans double their preseason win total from five and a half to 10 or 11. C.J. Stroud is the quarterback five in points per game on the season. He's the quarterback four over the past six weeks. And the Texans are fighting for a real-life playoff spot. C.J. Stroud is fighting for not just Offensive Rookie of the Year, but MVP. And in the fantasy football playoffs, he plays against the Tennessee Titans not once, but twice. We just spent, what, five minutes talking about Michael Pittman and Josh Downs and why they are great guys to fire up in Week 13. What about firing up this amazing quarterback in the fantasy football playoffs because he is playing against this same team twice? Probably one of the best matchups you could have. Uh, he's playing him twice. I'm really excited for Stroud. He is playing the Browns in the week in between where he plays the Titans. So consider grabbing another quarterback for that week. But if you've got Stroud, if you can get Stroud, he is going to take you to the promised land. Yeah, I, I love it, especially as a rookie. And we always talk about the whole, they're always going to get better. We've seen the improvement from earlier in the season till now, where he's consistently now putting up what feels like 300 yards pretty much every game at this point. Why won't that continue? Someone else that's a rookie and only going to get better. It's got to be Jackson Smith and Jigba. We've seen a lot of ups and downs, but beyond Jackson Smith and Jigba, it might be DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Point being, the Seattle Seahawks have far and away 
the single best playoff fantasy football schedule that we've probably ever seen. All three matchups they play are teams that are in the bottom six against wide receivers, the worst teams versus wide receivers in the league, and they have three different guys that can be productive. Who's going to be each week? We don't know, but I think all of them can be productive. They have the best schedule that we've probably seen in the last five years for fantasy football wide receivers, and then they are all going to dominate in these final weeks, especially as the matchups just continue to get better and better each week. I got to ask, sit, start, cut the three wide receivers for the playoffs. Let's say you got DK, you got Lockett, you got JSN. Sit, start, cut. I'm going to have to say start DK Metcalf. I still think he's the alpha, the wide receiver one. I am probably going to be sitting Jackson Smith and Jigba as my number two. I just think that he's going to be a little bit less boom bust. I know we haven't seen as many spike weeks from him, but I think they're coming. I still believe in the talent and the player. Tyler Lockett's the one I'm cutting. I really want to be cutting him. I don't. I want to be playing him in my lineup because he has fantastic matchups, but he would probably be my odd man out of the three of those guys. If there's one more guy in the fantasy playoffs that we got to be going for this week, who is that someone that you are thinking of that could be productive in those final couple weeks? It's funny because this is the fourth rookie we're talking about in a row, Alex. For me, it's Zay Flowers, who has a 28% team target share without Mark Andrews on the field. Dude did 20 fantasy points last week. The team trusted him on the game-winning play. He's a rookie. The reason we're talking about rookies is because rookies only get better as the season goes on. And these are four guys who have all been getting better and are only going to continue to get better especially when he is the wide receiver one on his team. And what team is that, you might ask? Well, it's the sixth highest scoring team this season, Alex. It's the second highest scoring team since week six. I want the wide receiver one of that team on my fantasy football team, regardless of them being a run-first offense, especially when you look Their fantasy football playoffs are playing off against high-powered offenses like the Dolphins. Another high-powered offense like the Jaguars, who are figuring it out and only getting better as the season has gone on. Both of those games, crucial games for the AFC playoff seeding, potentially high-scoring. And keep in mind, if this is a high-scoring game, this is already the second-highest-scoring team since Week 6. Zay Flowers isn't going to be a wide receiver one week in and week out, but he's going to provide you a solid enough floor and a high enough ceiling where starting him week in and week out is going to give you a legitimate shot to bring home the championship. Yeah, especially when, I mean, they showed a graphic during the last Ravens game at that, like, on, in terms of, like, a per pass attempt to touchdown ratio, like, Mark Andrews was far and away, like, the best connection for any quarterback in the NFL over the last four years in terms of, t- like, total pass attempts to touchdowns with Lamar Jackson. That means it's going to open up for Zay Flowers, his target share increase with those Zay Flowers. Like, I think that of all players that could go out and improve the situation for everybody else in offense, Mark Andrews is actually one of the best in the NFL. It's only going to help Zay Flowers. I really love that pick, but not as much as I love DeAndre Swift, who is my single number one have-to-have player for the fantasy football playoffs, regardless of position, regardless of team. He's the guy because in the final three weeks, They play the Seahawks in week 15. They've allowed the fourth most points to running backs. Week 16, they play the Giants, who have the eighth most allowed points to running backs. The Eagles are going to crush them. Lots of running the ball in a positive game script. And then in the fantasy football championship, with all the money in the universe on the line, 
they will be playing the Arizona Cardinals, who have been crushed by running backs more than any other team over the last five weeks. They just lost their number one linebacker in Kaiser White last week, which means they could actually get even worse than they've been lately. And there's a perfect game script for the Eagles to dominate them. A lot of runs for DeAndre Swift, hopefully some touchdowns, and maybe a tush push for Jalen Hurts. But ultimately, the single best playoff schedule for running backs. I want all the Swift I can get. What about Taylor Swift? I mean, Taylor Swift too. I mean, absolutely. If she had a, if she was, you know, in fantasy football and somehow, I think that would be productive. But DeAndre Swift is the one that's really got my heart when it comes to the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I, I saw your Spotify wrapped, Alex. I know how big of a Taylor Swift fan <laughs> you are. Speaking of which, give us a follow on Spotify, Apple music anywhere you get your podcasts really we're going to talk uh, about one player on waivers uh who is available in 50 percent of leagues who might be able to win you your fantasy football championship for me it's taking a flyer on ty chandler and hear me out okay everyone loves ty chandler everybody since the offseason oh i love ty chandler this is the first time since ever i don't think i've ever talked about ty chandler ever so I'm going to start with the obvious, right? He's the RB2 on his team behind Alex Madison, who he's not great, right? He's had three straight weeks of sub seven and a half half point PPR games, right? And even though Ty Chandler only had one and a half fantasy points last week, right? He had 13 points and 10 points the two weeks prior. He saw double digit fantasy points per game. He saw double digit touches and he just saw five last week, right? That's a head scratching thing for me. The Vikings offense wasn't great against the Bears. It was a really ugly game. Even Josh Dobbs turned back into a pumpkin. But over the past month, one thing is painstakingly obvious about this offense, and it's that Ty Chandler is better than Alexander Madison. I think everybody in the fantasy football community would agree about that. I want you to think about the Vikings entering the bye week, getting Justin Jefferson back, having a legitimate shot at making the playoffs. In the fantasy football playoffs, when the Vikings are going to be trying to make the real-life playoffs, they are facing the Bengals, the Lions, and the Packers. The Bengals and the Lions, both the top 10 fantasy points per game of the running back positions. Lions, not so much, but still. If Chandler finds his way, if the Vikings coaches realize what we've all been saying all season long, because let's be honest, fantasy football analysts should be NFL coaches. If Ty Chandler finds himself as the RB1 in this offense, he is going to eat in the fantasy football playoffs. And I am willing to add him, take a flyer on him if he is available on your waivers. As soon as he is the RB1 on this team, he will be the number one waiver ad the following week. Get ahead of that if it happens. Add him, take a flyer, go win yourself a fantasy football championship. I've never seen anyone in my entire life so excited about Ty Chandler, but you convinced me that, again, he's definitely on waivers in some of my leagues. The second this show ends, I'll probably be picking him up. The same way that I've already picked up a lot of Elijah Mitchell. Is there yeah. a 100% chance it's going to be the guy? Absolutely not. But if there's any player that will see a better role in the biggest handcuff that you can possibly get on waivers right now, is Elijah Mitchell. If anything happens to Christian McCaffrey, he feels like he needs to sit out a week or go on vacation that he probably needs after all the hits he's taken. No one is going to be more productive than Elijah Mitchell. I think he's the top handcuff. He's not owned in close to enough leagues right now. And especially as there's more and more players on our bench that we're probably never going to play for the rest of the season. That's where I'd start grabbing one or two handcuffs, like someone like an Elijah Mitchell that could be really productive or even really good insurance if you have CMC come for the fantasy playoffs but 
that is it for the championship led players for today especially guys that are going to help you right now guys that'll help you in the playoffs and then the waiver guys that you should also be getting make sure to tune into all of those but this is actually going to be our final episode of the fifth down fantasy podcast for this year we're sorry we've been loving every second of bringing you fantasy football goodness but for ben and i at least 33rd team will keep on steamrolling this is going to be the it for me so ben do you have any last words to all of our adoring fans that tuned in on twitter youtube and every other platform for the last 30-ish weeks i hope we uh, brought you a fantasy football championship i know that this is the best you get the best insight here from alex i'm mostly here for comedic relief but I, I hope that you guys win at least one league. I hope you get something out of this show. And, you know, you're, you're remembered to keep chasing up that all season long. <laughs> yeah, this has been like probably the most fun I've ever had on a fantasy football podcast. We prided ourselves every single year on trying to give you the most fantasy football information in the best delivered way possible in 30 minutes or less. Try to get you back out onto your days doing whatever you got to do. But it's been a pleasure to work with Ben, everyone here at the 33rd team on this podcast, giving you so much fantasy information, but this is not goodbye. It is only, we'll see you soon. But as always, for one final time, as we head into the final weeks before the fantasy football championship, don't forget to keep chasing that upside. Until next time.